Franco Zeffirelli's Otello. A brilliant film, tremendously compelling, a great adventure. Gene Shalit, NBC TV. Spectacular star performances, heart-wrenching drama, and glorious voices. Judith Christ. Extravagant grand opera made easy. An accessible, overwhelmingly handsome movie version of a classic. A potent shot of cultural adrenaline. Bruce Williamson, Playboy. Even if you're not an opera fan, you'll be thrilled by the passion and beauty of this film. And if you are an opera fan, the film is a must. Bravo, Stuart Klein, WNEW-TV. Canon Films proudly presents Otello, starring Placido Domingo. Directed by acclaimed filmmaker Franco Zeffirelli. Hey everybody, it's the Cannon Cruisers. I'm JD. And I'm Randy, and this week we take a look at the most unusual piece of the Canon catalog, the 1986 adaptation of the Giuseppe Verde opera Othello, an adaptation itself of Shakespeare's Othello. Yes, that it is, Randy. So, who does this film star, JD? And what's this film about? Which one am I going with first, Randy? The star or the plot? Uh, do the plot. Okay, the plot is about a guy named Iago gaslighting a guy named Montello into thinking his wife is cheating on him, and he goes insane. That's pretty much the plot. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> basically it, yeah. So, yeah, it stars Placido Domingo as Otello, Katia Rossarelli as Desdemona, Justino Diaz as Iago, Petra Malacoya as Emilia, Urbano Barberini as Cassio, and many other people as well. It's the entire play. And there's a lo- there's a huge cast of this movie because it's a big production. It's not just like they filmed an opera. There's a lot of a lot yeah. Of stuff it's going on it's as well. Most importantly, we need to point out that this film is directed by the famous Shakespearean director, film director Franco Zeffirelli, who you may remember had directed. Such things as Romeo and Juliet, mm-hmm. uh, the most famous definitive version that is currently uh, lawsuits about because of child nudity. Yeah, a whole bunch of stuff. And a bunch of things, yeah. But yes, yeah. It, this is straight up 150% an opera. Mm-hmm. But it's not just them doing it on stage. They shot it as a film because as Zeffrelli said, mm-hmm. this is the film and opera is different from straight theater. Mm-hmm. So this is Zeffrelli's adaptation of an adaptation of a story. They definitely use the medium of film for a lot of the shots, a lot of the angles, a lot of the pans, uh, the different framing. Which is the excuse that he's basically using so that uh, when people complain that Mm -hmm. you shortened it from the original opera by about half an hour. Yeah, it was kind of needed considering like movies aren't, again, stage plays. There's different expectations and different ways they have to play out, including the fact that movies don't usually have intermissions. So, like, the longer a movie goes on, the more you're you're risking the audience's attention, regardless of how good it might be. And in this case, I think it was a wise decision to cut it down to two hours. Yeah, two hours and two minutes, to be exact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, it's pretty straightforward adaptation. 
It doesn't go off the rails or anything like that. It doesn't overstay its welcome. Uh, it's just as long as it needs to be to tell the story. And it does it in the way an opera would, which is what makes it interesting to watch. And if you're unaware, this this is a very famous opera. Um, mm. As I said, it's an adaptation of Giuseppe Verde. It's been being performed since the late 1800s. Mm-hmm. And it's all in Italian. Yeah. So fortunately, I have the DVD version of the film that has (laughs) subtitles. This film is also available on Tubi, which I'm not sure if it has subtitles. I wasn't able to actually get them to activate properly. Uh, But it is available to watch Mm -hmm. if you're interested in watching this type of film. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Like I said, um, we've done, well, I should say Canon has done very few William Shakespeare adaptions, adaptations, and we've also ended up not covering a whole lot of them. Oh, but, but we covered the key one. Yeah, but the two of them we have covered could probably not be too different from each other, like much more different than each other than they are. These are like two ep- opposite ends of the spectrum in how you adapt William Shakespeare. Yeah, whereas this one, as J.D. so succinctly put it, is uh, characters gaslighting each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other adaptation that we're talking about, King Lear, is just the director and writer gaslighting the Menahem and Golan and the Globus. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a it's a different it, it's a different approach to that one, and it's not exactly the sort of thing you might expect coming from canon. And apparently, neither did anybody in the industry because it didn't apparently didn't get even nominated for anything except one award. And you need to remember, J.D., that after the Chernobyl incident, all culture disappeared from the Earth. Um, I'm sorry, it's that's, that's just a callback to King Lear. Yeah. Um, so yeah, all that aside, what is your general impression of Otello 1986, specifically? That it was an opera and that it was uh, based on Shakespeare. I, uh, you're mm-hmm. talking to the wrong person. Yes, I have a history in um, English literature and I have a history in uh, theater, mm-hmm. but opera is not something that I've yeah. been purposely uh, um, it's a very, experienced. Yeah, it's, it's a very, very niche type of thing. It's a yeah. niche thing, and it's a very specific taste. It's one of the reasons we kind of put this one off for a little while, because we weren't exactly sure how we would cover this one, because it's not really in our wheelhouse. But it was one of the ones that we 100% wanted oh, to yeah. watch just because it's such a um, to watch peculiar one. thing to have in the canon catalog. Like this which is not is full th- of weird things, which is full of weird <laughs> things. Uh, mm-hmm. But the whole reason why it came about is that Golan mm-hmm. says Zaf- just wanted to do something with um, they're trying to grasp at at being a big studio and at mm. being more respect in the in the uh, as I say academic, but that's not what I meant. But more in the, in the movie industry to be more yeah. respected, being more high class than low. So mm. things like getting Cassavetti's last film, getting uh, Jean Luc Godard to do a film adaptation of of uh, Shakespeare, and mm. then convincing as well. yeah, and then getting. Uh, or not getting, talking to Placido Domingo about doing an adaptation of his more popular uh, thing mm. that he was doing at the time, which was Il Travatore, when Domingo said that, you know what, it might be better to do just straight up Otello, which was Domingo's most famous role. Yeah. And then he said, let me talk to my friend Zeffrelli, which sent Golan over the moon. Because mm. it's like, that's a big name. That's going to, that's automatic gold star, right? Yeah. Yeah, I can see why this one would have come about, especially at the time period. But even 
even I would have guessed then is it's not exactly common to see an opera in film form. It's not the sort of thing you'd expect to see. Yeah, and it wasn't shot like other things we've done that are based on oh, yeah. stage things no. where those look more stage showy. This one straight up looked like it was a film. It was mm. filmic. Yeah. It used film language on top of it being a straight sung through opera. Yeah. They, instead of like having dialogue, they just did the opera singing and the staging. But it was filmed exactly like a film should be. Uh, there's a lot of really good, there's a lot of good uh, pans and shots and good transitions as well. And very good use of the environment in mm -hmm. it. They, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's not just two singers standing opposite each other, staring at the audience and singing as no. loud and as high as possible. It's like, this film, you got to make it visually interesting for people to want to, you know, stick around a little. That was the thing I was uh, about that championship season. I think they tried their best with because there's not much you can do about that when it's four people in a house. But they did their best by like, now they're in this room. Now he's talking through them for this way. So he walked around the house this way. And now they're standing on the porch. You kind of have to mix it up a little. So that, that's, it's more in, this movie's more in that ballpark where I realized, you know, this is film. I can do things. So I'm going to do it. And that's exactly what happened. And it made it more interesting to watch because otherwise it probably would have been more difficult, especially for people who aren't that familiar with opera. To be yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And, uh, well, I guess before we start moving forward, uh, it's like mm -hmm. it's to address the humongous black elephant in the room. Um, this film is, well, okay, so you have Domingo in his most famous role as Otello, but it's mm -hmm. Domingo doing it in blackface. But to. this isn't the same level of blackface as, let's say, C. Thomas Howell's Soul Man, which uh, was just straight outright racist. This was just in the tradition of... That was a stupid comedy, not meant to be. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. This was just done more in the tradition of, because mm. um, this was the tradition. It was it was a white actor playing yeah. Othello, play, play, and, and only a certain amount of... Uh, and also singing. And and yeah, apparently like at the time only there was only three tenors in the world that could play Otello to the proper level and Domingo was one of them and he did it seven, more than seven times. Oh yeah. Um so it was in tradition. That's why nobody kind of thought anything about it at the time and you got to remember that uh until about 2015 productions of Otello mm -hmm. the opera were still done in blackface. Oh, yeah. Uh but then they kind of went, you know what? I think our audience can suspend disbelief that this white uh, tenor is a black guy because that guy just last week played the 16-year-old uh, Romeo on, on stage. So, Well, yeah. Like I said. Uh, so, yeah. It's, it's, it's very much uh, an adaptation of a play from a very specific time and place. And it's done about as well as you can expect it to be done. Yeah, and, 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 and that's probably the only time I'll ever speak about Soul Man. It's just like, yeah, it's like, it's not done insultingly. It's not done to be malicious. It's not any of those things. No. It may not have been very forward thinking, but at the time, that was the tradition. If this film came out today done like this, I've been like, oh, no, that's kind of, ugh. but in 1986, I kind of go, okay, you know what? Yeah, if they're not, it's not being done out of malice. It's it just being done because... Yeah, that's it the tradition it of it. Like I said, and they no longer do that, which is great. Anyway, like I said, it's so if you if you would find it very uncomfortable, yeah, stay away from this. Uh, but yeah, it's it is what it is. It is it's what a, it is. It's an yeah, adaption of Otello done in the way it was done back then by the same people who did it on stage in a film literally language. the same people that did it on stage. Yeah. So like I said, if that's what you're interested in, then 
I would suggest watching it. I might as well just go into the entire thing now. Um, uh, for highlights of it, um, for someone who doesn't actually know much about opera because it just doesn't really interest me, I actually quite enjoyed the, the movie watching it. It was very well shot. It was very well executed. And I was still engaged through the whole thing, even though they were, you know, singing. And I, even in musicals, I kind of get distracted a bit watching stuff like that. But it did a pretty good job with this one because I think they played with the film language the way you're supposed to do it. So it kept things moving, kept things interesting. And it was just engaging to watch, especially considering it's a Shakespeare play. So that helped too. Yeah, like JD, I don't have a lot of experience with opera. Like, mm -hmm. basically, the majority of my experience with opera is Looney Tunes. Figaro, 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 Figaro! I think that's for most people. Um, yeah, the, the, the Barber of Seville. Or with folk operas. Mm -hmm. Like, um, what's the one that, that, that they used to do? The, the thumb-cutting... Uh, Oh, yeah, yeah, I think the, I know what you mean. Or, or, or more recently, like, Hades Town, mm. like, things like that. Folk operas eh. or the, the, the three-penny uh, opera. Mm. Uh, that's my experience with opera. That's the closest. So it's not proper <laughs> operas. No. Um, but I will agree with you that filmically, mm -hmm. it was really well done. Mm -hmm. um, the singing, I will... I'm not equipped to say anything <laughs> about it, but it it's to me, singing, it... Was a they were phenomenal performances. Mm -hmm. um, I don't understand Italian, so it's like okay. I can't tell you if yeah. I'm understanding the nuance. If they were, what, but it's like from just a gut feeling, they sang very well. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, and there is no single person to really call out Domingo. There's a reason why he yeah. played this one so many times. Why it's so many. Well, he's definitely the role. main character, and he, sh yeah. he shows it. Yeah, his performance definitely is is a highlight because he feels like he sucks in the charisma to towards himself anytime he's in a scene which is what you want from a main character yeah yeah so like i said overall it's about as well as i could expect an adaptation adaptation like this to go also i would guess the same thing with otello itself because like i said uh of all the plays that shakespeare did otello is relatively straightforward as i said it's more or less gaslighting in a story then the entire play just focuses on that aspect of it. Yeah. So it works very well. And when you do it in an opera format, I think it heightens the emotional uh, aspect quite a bit because that's, I guess, what opera's meant to do. So, yeah. It's really difficult to talk about because... Um, we are not equipped to talk about it. So what's your low light of the film? Uh, well, again... Because I'm not exactly equipped to talk about opera, I'm not exactly sure what I would say for a low light that isn't just, well, it's an opera. Of course it's going to do that. You know what I mean? Well, so, um, this is something difficult. that, since we're not equipped, let's go to the uh, professionals on this. <laughs> so basically the professionals, the low lights for from the professional reviewers and, mm -hmm. and lovers of opera is that it took out half an hour of the opera, mm. uh, including um, one of Desdemona's best songs while leaving in the follow-up Ava Maria uh, part of it, mm -hmm. um, that the uh, Zeffrelli cut in weird spots. Like if you go back to Domingo, Domingo didn't like some of the cuts that he made and that. transitions that he made from song to song saying that he ruined the pacing of it and that from a production standpoint that mm. everything ended up being over the lip sync ends up being a little bit sung a little bit lower than it's supposed to be okay so 
these are the professionals. These are people who know opera. These are the things mm. that are coming from it. Uh, the problem is that I don't. Sell but it. but we don't. We don't know anything about it. It's like as you notice from our highlight, like, we we talking about it as a film. Yeah, that's so, the thing too. And also, like even as a Shakespeare play is because I've seen a bunch of Shakespeare plays. So like when they say like there's stuff missing or whatever, it's like that's kind of expected because it's Shakespeare and they're usually longer. Than normal movies, so you kind of have to do that. But this isn't Ethan Hawke uh, giving a <laughs> no. a monologue in the middle of uh, like that. blockbuster. This is straight up yeah. like a period piece. When you do stuff like this, like I'm usually more forgiving when it comes to Shakespeare adaptions because you want to get the core of the story into a movie, and I think that's the movie succeeds at doing that. So I'm not exactly as harsh on things like you know there's. You know, stuff is missing in there. But in the final product, it's harder to notice that. So it's harder to say that that's... I can look at that as a negative, I guess. As I said, it's it's a difficult... Uh, it's a difficult movie to judge on that aspect. Yeah, it's like I, I have a very hard time giving an actual opinion on it as straight at face value. Like, yeah, I can, only really, I can only really go on the fact that like I don't really know opera that well, but... I like Shakespeare, and as a Shakespeare adaption, I thought it was pretty good. That's about all I can say. I don't know what else to say other than that. Yeah, it's weird because it's like generally uh, Othello, the play, Shakespeare's Othello, mm -hmm. is usually considered like a tier two Shakespeare. But from mm -hmm. a uh, yeah. opera standpoint, the Othello is considered like a tier one uh, opera. Yeah, like I said, it kind of evens it out a little bit, I guess, because it was just... It was enjoyable to watch, and I was engaged. And for someone who doesn't know much about opera, opera very well, I think that's a positive in its favor. But so, how would you rate this film as a canon film? What would you rate this film? Uh, I give it a four out of five. I liked it, uh, but like I said, I can't. I couldn't really give it a five because I don't really know how to process a lot of what I saw, aside from the fact that I enjoyed it. Yeah, uh, and like I can't really go into negatives because again, that would require talking about things I don't have a lot of experience in when it comes to opera. So it would feel weird to say, but I can say it's a good watch, and I enjoyed watching it, and I would probably watch it again if I had the opportunity to. And it's a good production too. Like it was a surprisingly well produced movie. Like the whole opening. Where they're bringing the boats, boats in, yeah. Those are all, that was really nice looking. It's... Like a lot of this shooting in Crete is like was very well done. Yeah. Um, the fact that they shot like on location, what would have been roughly where they were, where the story took place. It's like it really looks it. It looks good. Mm. Yeah. Um, little, so I will since it's since this is our podcast and the whole point of it is that we rate these movies mm -hmm. and I can't abstain because. That's the kind of would defeat the point of this. <laughs> yeah. I'll kind of agree with you that as a film, it's a very well done. Mm -hmm. um, and I will go with a four. Mm -hmm. uh, but that is just with the caveat of I am really not equipped to give a proper <laughs> yeah. uh, review of this. Uh, if not for the podcast, I probably would not have watched it. Yeah, um, I, I would have probably have listened to the opera at some point because I do listen to not to opera in general, but to... Mm -hmm. uh, to classical music and the like and there is a lot of crossover between the two so i would have probably stumbled upon uh domingo uh singing from here at some point in something yeah. um but yeah about a four and a five uh would it surprise you that uh leonard malton called this film nearly flawless 
I can see that. Like I said, it's as a movie, like even if you take apart, like away, like everything around it, like the production or whatever, just like watching it as a movie, it's a good watch. It's it like the story, like we said, of Othello is not exactly the most in depth one Shakespeare ever did, but the themes are really well highlighted. Uh, it uses filmic language to highlight everything in that aspect of the movie. The actors help bring the characters to life. So as an actual movie, it is really well, well done. As a double adaptation, it's really well done. Yeah. It's like just as an adaptation, it's really well done. That's really the, be- the best praise I could give it. And probably really the only way you can really talk about it for someone who doesn't really know much about the medium it originated from. And um, I think I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> And with that, folks, yeah. uh, I'm Randy. And I'm JD. And, and we'll see you next time we continue our cruise to the Canon Catalog. Goodbye! <laughs>